0: Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Blues have made a deal with Toronto today, acquiring defenseman Carlo Coliacovo and forward Alexander Steen in exchange for Lee Stepniak. Both players will join the team on this upcoming It's going to be up to Alex Steen to prove to our coaches that he can play another notch, but we think he's got
1: something uh, there that can be proved.
0: This guy's a good all around player, just like his father. Steen coming in. It just, just a great moment. for sixth on the blues all-time scoring list 493 points is a blue welcome in to scoops with danny mack on the thursday edition jeremy rutherford will be my guest he's in studio good day to have jr in from the athletic he covers the st louis blues and we broke the news at about nine o'clock about an hour ago that Alexander Steen, after 15 seasons and more than 1,000 NHL games, is calling it a career. Steen announced his retirement as a player on the Blues website due to a back injury he sustained during the 2019 20 season it's been a really really outstanding career 36 years of age the forward will finish his career with over a thousand career NHL games 1018 NHL games with the St. Louis Blues and the Toronto Maple Leafs he recorded 245 goals 377 assists a total of 454 points in a 15 season career that included of course the Stanley Cup Championship with the Blues in 2019 he arrived in the gateway city you may recall and it's hard to believe all the way back in november of 2008 after being acquired along with defenseman carlo Kolyakov in a trade that sent lee stepniak to the maple leafs steen will finish right now fourth in blues history in games played at 765 ninth in goals 195 sixth in assists at 301 fifth in points at 496 Only two Blues, Brett Hall, Alex Petrangelo, have played in more playoff games with the franchise than Steen, who appeared in 91 postseason contests. The Blues will have a press conference. We will carry that press conference coming up in about uh, 50 minutes or so. At 11 o'clock, Doug Armstrong will address the media and you can hear that here on 101 espn if you have blues questions this hour uh we want you to jump in on the air comfort service text line 65780 65780 along the way some great moments for alexander steen including this one against chicago a triple ot game winner drop pass Steen a shot now she's in on goal now in front on. So great moments on the ice, and then how about some of those that were off the ice? He helped lead the Blues to the first-ever Stanley Cup, and then it was a parade like none other.
1: I didn't even know what to expect, but every time we have a big event here in St. Louis, even the Winter Classic a few years ago, everybody in the, this, this city is... Incredible.
0: It's a milestone that any NHL player would want to get, and that is 1,000 games, and he did that
1: wearing the blue note. I was told just now, but that's, you know, for sure. All those, all those things when you're on the list with the names that have played here before, it's obviously very humbling and, and something that you take a lot of pride in. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, they get to hang out off the ice. so. It's, oh. um, yeah, it's a special thing for sure. What
0: a career Alexander Steen let's bring in Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic. Always great to see you JR. I know you've been working on this story and uh, it comes to fruition this morning.
1: Alexander Steen is officially retired. What do you think? Yeah, Dan, it's actually, you know, kind of a, a sad moment, a sad day for uh, Blues history because uh, you mentioned the trade. He came over with Carlo Koliakovo uh, for Lee Stempniak and it was goes down I think as one of the best trades in Blues history because you get Alexander uh, Steen. Uh, Of course, you're going to point to to Brett Hall, and there are many more trades that were made. But this guy, Steen, came to the St. Louis Blues and became a part of the community and became a big part of this team, eventually a leader that helped him win the Stanley Cup. Did you anticipate this? Did you think this was going to happen? Was
0: this a formality, or do you think he was going to try to give it one more go?
1: So... I've been aware of kind of what's been going on behind the scenes for a few weeks here, Dan, that uh, he just wasn't getting healthy. And we all know that Doug Armstrong said he wouldn't be ready at the start of the season. Uh, but Alexander Steen, for the past couple of weeks, has still had in mind that he wanted to play and, uh, and and was trying to think about a way maybe you can come back. Uh, in the latter part of the season, Doug Armstrong said, hey, you know, we can keep you on the roster and uh, and we'll see if it gets better. But as you see today, the announcement that it's a uh, herniated disc and degenerative, uh, this isn't a situation that's going to get better. So he made the decision that I'm not going to be able to play and, and thus he retires. So this has been going on for, for quite some time, but I would say the development that he decided uh, to retire was rather recent. In terms of how this
0: affects the Blues going forward,
1: financially on the ice how do you evaluate it yeah so alexander steen had one more year left on his four-year deal and uh, the cap hit is 5.75 million dollars and we don't want to get too detailed here but basically they're going to put him on long-term injury reserve which allows them to spend over the cap so the cap's 81.5 million you can spend over the cap his salary, $5.75 million. You know he's not coming back. You know you don't have to shed the salary when he does come back. So that's going to give the Blues a little wiggle room. However, if you sit here and start looking at your uh, computer and, hey, let's go find a forward that's going to cost $5.75 million, and add that's not exactly the case because the Blues are 1.2 over the cap right now. They still have Vince Dunn to sign. When you get Vladimir Tarasenko back, the Blues will have about $4.2 million to spend in cap space. Will they spend it? Yeah, it remains to be seen. There are still some forwards out there on the market, and I think they they believe that uh, they could use some help in that area, especially a top six guy, but... Some of these guys have been holding out because they know eventually teams are going to pay the money. So, uh, Mike Hoffman is the big name, yep. and uh, he's a scorer. And could he fit with the Blues? He could, but you're talking about a dozen teams that have reached out to Mike Hoffman, I believe, including the Blues. And he's going to command five, six million dollars, and, and as I just mentioned, four point two million in space. So I don't know that you have enough money for the types of names that fans would like to see. How do you think Steen's going to be remembered as a Blue? I think as one of the sentimental favorites, I think uh, here's a guy who who came and, and just gave his heart. You know, I think that you look at Steen and you look back at Blues history, the guys who wore it on their sleeve are the guys who are the most remembered. You know, Bob and uh, you know, is one of my favorites yeah. growing up. And uh, guys like that, Dave Dave Lowry. So maybe guys that didn't put up big numbers, but you knew what it meant to them. And I can tell, you know, fans, uh, I know they, they watch on TV and maybe they've met Alex Steen and... In the community, uh, you know, we're around him a lot being in the media. And and that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me is Alexander Steen cares not only about the Blues, but he cares about St. Louis and that shine through, I think. And, and so I think that's what he's going to be remembered for. And then on the ice, obviously all of them, the Stanley Cup, right? But Alexander Steen specifically. I mean, you're a veteran guy in your 30s, and Coach Craig Berube comes to you and says, I need you to take a lesser role on that fourth line. I need you to show the other guys that this is all about the team. He did that. He didn't complain. They won a Stanley Cup. That fourth line was a big part of it. So not all the memories about Alexander Steen are off the ice. It played a big, vital role on the ice. In your opinion,
0: was this a formality, or did you really think he was going to try to make this a go? I know you touched upon that, but is this kind of a a formality for you? or did you think he was really going to try to make it a go?
1: I did not think that he would retire. Uh, I think that uh, Alexander Steen would do everything he could to continue playing. Look, he's been in a locker room since he was single digits (laughs) with his dad Thomas Steen in in Winnipeg. What a great moment when uh, Alexander Steen played his 1,000th game for the Blues in Winnipeg with his dad sitting there. What about four rows back? Uh, But he's been around the game his entire time. He's one of four father-son duos, including the Howes, the Stastneys, Uh, that have 600-plus points in the league. So he's been around the league forever. I can't see Alexander Steen just waking up one day and saying, I don't want to play. This isn't his decision. His back is forcing this issue, and I think it just finally came to a realization. Who takes that role now? Well, I think they've got some guys... you know, young guys that are coming up, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, Zach Sanford's playing a second line role right now. You got Sammy Blay on the third line. But, you know, at this point in his career, Alexander Steen was a fourth line guy. So as you look at that fourth line uh, now, you have a McKenzie McKeckern, you have a Kyle Clifford coming in this year. You still have a, a Oscar Sunquist. So I think, uh, you know, you don't have an Alexander Steen. Uh, but I think you have a number of guys who are going to be uh, placed on that fourth line and, and get a chance now. So, again, uh,
0: Alexander Steen has retired, and the press conference will carry that for you at the top of the hour here on 101 ESPN, your home of St. Louis Blues hockey. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic covers the St. Louis Blues is my guest in studio, and we'll continue more with that. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mack in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Down by Petrangelo. Both Brown and Carter led the club with eight power play. Oh, my God! The goal is a short-handed goal. to winner, Alexander Steen! Goodbye, goodnight, game over!
1: Might be my favorite. The 3-0-T winner was a pretty good one. Uh, JR, is that one of your favorites, too? Oh, it's got to be. And, and when you sit down and put together a list of the biggest goals in Blues history... Any one of those four in the game seven of the Stanley Cup final against uh, Boston. Obviously, you got the Monday night uh, miracle goal by uh, Wickenheiser, but that goal, and you can hear it. And the broadcaster John Kelly and uh, Darren Pang's voice—it just caught everybody because Steen's yeah. behind the net, Quicks a little, Quicks a little bit uh, sleeping there, and Steen uh, wraps it around for the shorthand. It was awesome,
0: great. awesome. So uh, Alexander Steen, if you're just joining us, has retired. That official announcement coming at about nine o'clock or so. Press conference at eleven. We'll carry that on 101 ESPN. Jeremy Rutherford, my guest, and if you'd like to text in 65780. 65780 the Air Comfort Service text line. 314, will Steen Jr. be another blue to be on the coaching staff or front office?
1: You know, I think it's a, it's a possibility that he'll remain within the organization. Uh, there's been some chatter about that. Whether something will be uh, immediate, I don't know. It, c- it could take some time. You know, we have to keep in mind that uh, he had a... He and his wife, Josephine, had a baby last night, so last a, lo- night. a lot going on for Alexander <laughs> Steen. And, you know, their coaching staff is filled right now, and I don't know that Alex would have uh, an interest in that, but perhaps something to do in management. He's a very intelligent person. Again, we talked earlier, been around hockey a long time. I could see him serving Doug Armstrong's staff in some way.
0: 314, do you think it would have been different if Steen retired before the Petro signing? That's a good question. And I, you'd have to think that they probably knew this was coming even with the Petro deal on the table.
1: Yeah, I think, let's break this down. I think that they knew that Steen was not going to be available for the start of the season and might not be able to play this upcoming year. Did they know he was going to retire during the uh, Petrangelo situation? I don't I don't think so. It had not gotten to the point where he was going to retire, I think, when they were going through uh, with Petrangelo. And if people are asking the question, Dan, based on would it have given the Blues more money to keep Alex Petrangelo, I don't think that that factors in because Doug Armstrong and the organization reached a point with Alex Petrangelo where they were going to pay him what they were going to pay him. So Steen here, not here, they're not paying, you know, eight times, 8.8. And and so I think that even if Alexander Steen did announce his retirement a couple months ago, I think the Alexander, Alex Petrangelo situation would have played out pretty similarly. 618, does Steen
0: still get paid his salary this year? And, and yes, but you can maybe dive into this, how it affects uh, Steen yes he gets his money but how it affects the cap again and how it affects the Blues and what they may do we address this but maybe do it again
1: yeah Danny so he's going to be treated as an injured player so the the way it works is you know if you voluntarily retire and walk away mutually part ways uh, then you don't make your salary but here's a situation where uh, he is retiring but he's not signing voluntary retirement paper so basically he'll sit on that long-term injury reserve list all year so his $5.75 million does technically count against the cap. However, as we touched on earlier, they kind of push it aside and they can spend that money. So for all intents and purposes, it's not going against the blues cap but but technically it is and then as far as his salary so his cap hit is 5.75 we all know that's an average of the four year deal but his actual salary this year because it was more front loaded he makes 3.5 million he'll still get that 3.5 million
0: 314 do you think army spends it or does he look internally
1: well, I, I think uh, he'll explore. I think he has been exploring. I think there has been some interest in guys like Mike Hoffman. Uh, when I spoke to Doug Armstrong a couple months ago for a piece, he said that uh, you know the cost might be too high. Uh, but the second part of this is they eventually have to give some of these younger players some opportunity. Now, I preface that by saying the championship window is open now. I made a case the other day that uh, perhaps it's only open for two to three more years, and then now all of a sudden you got some expensive guys who are going to be in their mid to eventually late 30s. So I think the time is to win now. But Jordan Cairo is a guy who looks like he's got a lot of potential, got some speed, and just hasn't had a lot of opportunity to play. I think he's going to get that this year. Could we see a, a Clem Coston? Could we see some of these younger guys? Uh, with the cap not going up, Danny, that's the biggest thing. Because of the pandemic, this cap isn't going to rise probably for for two, three years, you need these younger, inexpensive players to produce. I mentioned this uh,
0: with Randy this morning. It, it's because of COVID, and, and it, I, I'm sure you feel this way. I do. I mean, everything seems like the, the, the parade seems like it was a decade ago, and it really wasn't that long ago. The Blues playing in the bubble wasn't that long ago. It seems like it was forever. But in that time, you've now lost Petro... Bo Meester, Steen, good players, really good players. Leadership, guys in the dressing room. So, how do you, how do you try to fix some of those holes? You think you mentioned internally, you get some
1: guys that can step up, but. How do you think the Blues deal with that? No, you're hitting on a great point here. You're losing a lot of valuable players in terms of what they've accomplished in their career. And a guy like Petrangelo, who still has a long career ahead of him. You know, Bo Steen were guys who were on the back nine there. Uh, But uh, the leadership, I think, is the key. You know, what they did that second half of that Stanley Cup season, you don't do on talent alone. That was accomplished because of guys like Alexander Steen, like Petrangelo, like Bo all in locker room. You know, having their say with things, and now all three of those guys are gone. So this is a huge transition for the Blues. It's going to be incumbent upon some of these guys, uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz, uh, some of these guys to step up. The Blues uh, still have yet to name a captain. I think we'll get news on that pretty soon. I feel like uh, Ryan O'Reilly will be that guy, pretty obvious, right? But, but I think that uh, he's the guy who has shown that not only can he do it with his play, but he ropes in everybody. He brings in the younger players. He's got the respect of the veterans. So I think it's going to start with Ryan O'Reilly, but this Blues team has always been a group that's been led by uh, several players. Who takes the A then of Steen? Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting question. I think it, it's pretty automatic that uh, Tarasenko will get an A. And then I think uh, with the other one, you've got a, a choice of guys. I mean, Schwartz, uh, but I think, you know, if, if you got a couple guys uh, up front, Wearing letters with O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Perhaps you put a guy on the back end. Some people have been supportive of Pareko. Hey, if you're going to put a lot of faith in him to be a a number one guy uh, on the defensive end, then then put a letter on him. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, But, again, uh, probably some news on that soon.
0: All right, well, we have hockey this year. We'll get some news on that coming up in our next segment. It's more of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Tanner just said the breaking news this morning on 101. We broke the news at 9 is that Alexander Steen is uh, announced his retirement. And uh, the press conference coming up with Doug Armstrong in about 25 minutes or so. We'll carry that at the top of the hour on 101 ESPN. One of the great nights in his career as a blue game. Number 1000.
1: Touching, emotional. And it was um, you know, when the guys left the bench there, that was um A very cool moment for myself and my family. and um, You know, the whole thing, the Blues do such a good job of of these things, and I've been very fortunate to be here for as long as I have. um, You know, to share that with the fans and the community today was a very cool moment for us.
0: Stanley Cup winner in 2019, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, is my guest in studio. And, uh, hey, you had an unbelievable piece in The Athletic on what is a milestone for any hockey
1: player which is to get to a thousand games when steen did that yeah when his dad uh, thomas uh, played in, in the league for such a long time i figured dan i'd reach out to thomas and say hey let's write a letter to your son and tell you, tell him how proud you are of him. And when I say sitting down with a former professional athlete to write a, a, a letter, it means that I'm writing it. Basically, right. He needs to give me some information about uh, Alexander growing up, and he did. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, really heartfelt letter. And, and a funny uh, anecdote here is that Alexander Steen, for the past couple years in the locker room. You know, when he knew that I made the switch to the athletic, he would say, "I'm not subscribing and reading that stuff." <laughs> he would tell me that all the time, and so uh, he found out about the letter that his uh, dad wrote to him for game number one thousand. And Alex came up to me in the locker in the locker room, and he said. Hey, you got me. I finally subscribed. Did he really? <laughs> so he could read that
0: one. How emotional was his dad? And I'm sure you guys went back and forth and talking about what you want to put in it, what it means to you, all those things. I Just think about it. Your parent, how emotional that would be to see your son or your daughter reach that kind of milestone, especially in something that you have done
1: and understand how hard it is. What was that like going back and forth with him? Yeah, you nailed it, especially because he knew what Alex went through to get to 1,000 games. Just uh, phenomenal. No, he he got a little uh, emotional when we spoke on the phone crafting uh, that letter. And, you know, when you do something like that, uh, little things jog his memory, and then he'd remember a time, you know, out in the backyard or coming home from a road trip. Or Alexander Steen uh, would be in goalie pads uh, playing in the other room, and, you know, they'd talk about, do you want to be a goalie? Do you want to be a skater? So it was some really good stuff. The one uh, – Amazing anecdote there, too, Dan, is that Alexander Steen's dad, Thomas, and a group of friends, I believe, were at a golf tournament in the Winnipeg area and won tickets for, like, the fourth row behind the Blues bench. It was the visiting bench there in Winnipeg for the date that Alexander Steen wound up playing game number 1,000 in Winnipeg. So, of course, he would have gotten tickets. He would have been somewhere in the building. But uh, through that golf tournament raffle... Uh, he wins those fourth row seats and sits right behind Alex playing game number 1,000. How cool is that? How cool and, uh, is it, too, that it fell in Winnipeg? Winnipeg, it's just amazing, you know, with his dad playing there and, and game number 1,000 and, and his dad being there. That city loves him, by the way. Like, yeah. like, the Blues win the Stanley Cup, and my phone will blow up with uh, three radio stations from Winnipeg, and uh, you think that they might want to talk about the Stanley Cup, and no, it's 15 minutes on Alexander Steen. Let's talk a little bit about this season Are we going to have a season? What do you hear in January 13th is right around the corner. Do you think we get to an NHL season? Yeah, I think last week uh, you looked at uh, what was ahead and and you looked at uh, this Thursday or Friday as potentially – an opportunity for the the board to vote, the players to ratify and announce that there's a season coming up January 13th, but I can't see that getting done. I still think there's a lot of heavy lifting over the next 24, 36, 48 hours. I don't see how they get to a vote by Friday. It's possible, but when you had Gary Bettman coming out, I believe it was on NHL.com yesterday, mentioning the possibility of still playing in hub cities. That tells me uh, they've still got a little work to do before they're able to finalize all this and get it to a vote. So, They still say that uh, January 13th is a possibility, which would mean January 3rd training camps. Um, If they're going to do that, we're going to have to have some news soon. That's the key, isn't it? The the two words, hub cities. Players don't want to hear that do they? Yeah, and, and you know, differentiate between hub and, and bubble. I don't know how much of a bubble type situation we'll see. The players definitely don't want that. Uh, but if you can't play in the 31 cities, and even though you've, you've, you've made these new divisions, you've realigned because of the pandemic, and so now you have the Blues going out and playing in the Pacific. Look, if you can't play at San Jose, and you can't play in Anaheim, you can't play in LA, then they can't have what they're hoping to have, which is playing in these empty arenas, but yet the home arenas, right? So uh, if it's a situation where they pick three or four cities and everybody's going to those three or four cities for the hubs, I, I don't think it'll be a bubble atmosphere, but I think they'll be all together in these hub atmospheres. Well, the players still get some payment
0: if they don't play. They they do, correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. How much is that?
1: Well, if they, if they, let me backtrack here. If, if, even if they play a partial season, 56 games, they're going to get their salary. If the league decided to shut down and go dark for a year I don't believe they'd get those salaries. But I guess what I'm saying is that they aren't making that decision. Like they're right. they're going to play. So, uh, in terms of making their salary, you know, as, as far as I know, it's not a prorated situation. They'll make their salaries uh, even for the 56 game season, which is going to put these teams in, in a tough spot. Obviously, That's what I mean. If
0: they go dark, though, they yeah, still it, get something, correct? Because <laughs> it's built in that, that new agreement and there was escrow and things of that nature that would help them offset. A missed season.
1: Well, you have the fifty-fifty split revenue, but with no revenue coming in, then, then I, there isn't anything to uh, to share. So, you know, it, it's not headed that direction as we see now. So, um, you know, I look at it like uh, these players are going to make these salaries this year, and you know, as we found out a couple weeks ago, they settled the economic situation by just saying, "Hey, let's keep it the way it is and, and move on." So, a lot of economics behind what's going on dan as you know with baseball too uh, but it's uh, moving forward it's not going to play a role uh with the hockey they're just trying to figure out the protocol so they can get back on the ice are the
0: blues thinking that eventually this year with the vaccine now rolling out that they would at some point you know april maybe get fans in the stands it's is there is there an idea that they'd say okay we can open up without fans but at some point we get some fans in the
1: stands yeah and i've asked that question and i think the the answer the face you know the looks that i get is you know we just don't know yeah. like there's just so much to to wait and figure out ideally you'd want to ideally even if it's 25% of fans you you'd like to have uh something in there but you, you don't even know when this is going to get started and you don't know uh what the numbers are going to do with the virus for the next couple of months so so i think at at this point they're just hopeful that they can play in empty buildings.
0: There was interesting in baseball where a couple owners said that the uh the players have to be fully vaccinated. Everybody's going to have to be fully vaccinated. NHL has not come out and said that. Correct?
1: No, and and the the NHL did have uh, some information, uh, some news uh, last week, but there was some backlash to it is that the NHL is looking into the possibility of acquiring vaccinations for everybody involved in the game. But, of course, the backlash was why do they have priority over the general public? And and so I think that um, the NHL tried to kind of not retract, but – you know, I don't say, think that
0: flies, do you? Yeah, I don't
1: think that. I don't think that flies because you, you have everybody out there who wants the vaccine, right? And so, why should the players, the professional athletes, get the uh, preferential treatment? So, I think what they're saying is they are willing to do whatever they can to put up the funds to purchase uh, the, the the vaccine and do whatever they can to to get it. But they wanted to clarify after it came out as a headline that they don't want to put themselves in any front of the line
0: all right we got one more segment and we're taking you up until the press conference alexander steen is uh, retired from the nhl we'll carry that live at 11 o'clock here on 101 espn jeremy rutherford is in studio more of what you want to hear scoops with danny mack in podcast form on 101 espn time now for the crossover brought to you by Dobbs tire and auto centers close to home or close to work for quality tires and expert auto service you can always count on Dobbs Jeremy Rutherford of the athletic he has been all over this story big story as Alexander Steen has officially retired you can read a Really comprehensive article at the athletic that JR has already put up on this, and you, you kind of had an inkling that this may be coming and, and basically broke the story, so uh, we had it here at about 9 o'clock that Alexander Steen was going to retire. The Blues officially uh, had that press release and then have a press conference coming up with Doug Armstrong and that should be in about uh, 10 or 11 minutes and we'll carry that live here on 101 ESPN. A couple more things I want to ask you about. So with Steen and that money not going against the, the cap, so to speak, you can correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of people I'm sure are interested now with the blues be aggressive and and we're saying would they spend money the answer could be yes would mike
1: hoffman be a a name that blues fans should be interested in so dan just kind of to recap what i said earlier because it sets up the mike hoffman conversation is that the blues are going to get some uh, flexibility with putting alexander steen on long-term injury no he's not coming back so they don't have to eventually shed that salary he's not coming back so let's just shift forward and say that vladimir tarasenko he'll eventually be back they're gonna have to sign vince dunn he's gonna cost roughly 2.5 million dollars when all the dust settles tarasenko comes back they sign vince dunn the blues will have about 4.2 million in cap space is that enough for a mike hoffman it's not he's got uh 12 13 teams after him i believe the blues have inquired about it, but he's a guy his agent is on record. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's $6 million. And so there's a couple other guys, Mikel Grandlin, uh, others out there who could be possibilities for the Blues, Anthony DeClaire, but these likewise are players who I have heard uh, are interested in making uh, 5 times 5 or you know, at least making $5 million. The Blues don't have it. So unless Doug Armstrong can pull some strings, make a trade, do something, I don't see how those players are options for the Blues. When would you anticipate that Tarasenko
0: is on the ice plan? playing in games for the Blues. If January 13th is the target date when do you see Tarasenko playing in games? Well,
1: the reevaluation period is typically on the shoulder uh 5 months and so that puts it in uh, February. They've said that uh, February he'll be reevaluated. You know, is it a week after that, 2 weeks? Look, his last two shoulder surgeries, he has been back at that 5 month marker, but do they want to push this one? Uh look, he wasn't ready in the bubble. And that was with the extended time off. Now, granted, you know, whether the surgery just wasn't healing right or wasn't working for him, regardless, he had, what, nine months? And he still wasn't ready to go. So they're going to have to be careful with him. But February is the date. Uh, you know, I would think that you'd see a Tarasenko at least by March. Are you better off just shutting him down for the year?
0: I don't you, think so. Do you think he would approach
1: that or not? I, I don't think so because, you know, they feel confident in the surgery that he had. It's got a five month rehab. If it takes six months, it takes six months. But they they did the surgery for a reason. They believe that he'll come back. And I've actually spoken to uh, several doctors, including our our favorite Dr. Lehman here in town, and uh, he said, you know, depending on on what type of surgery he had, he can still come back and be the same type of player. So I don't think that's the thinking at all right now. A lot of people talking about Bennington. Big year for him. Contract year.
0: How comfortable are him? Are you with him going into this season with what would be anticipating a ton of back to backs and a lot of games? In in a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, Dan, I mean, you go back to that Stanley Cup season was incredible, right? Absolutely amazing. And uh, so after that year, he's due a contract. Is he going to go six years, six million? Do the Blues have that much faith in him? Uh, Does he think he could make more if he continues to prove himself after that Stanley Cup year? They ended up deciding on the bridge deal. It was a two-year deal, uh, 4.4 million per year. This will be the second and final year of that contract. So no Jake Allen behind him. I felt Jake was uh, terrific last year, gave Bennington a lot of support. Uh, Now Bennington Bennington comes back, and he's the guy. Billy Huso is the backup, good prospect, fourth-round pick, uh, has done everything he can in the American Hockey League level, but he's never played in an NHL game. So, you know, there's going to be a lot on Jordan Bennington's shoulders being a contract year and being the guy. And as you mentioned, with this uh, schedule set up, playing a couple games, maybe three and four, playing in hubs, we don't know what it's going to look like yet, uh, but they're really going to have to rely on Jordan Bennington. Will they get the done deal Done before January thirteenth. Yeah, I think so. There's probably something you know coming on that soon. If if camp starts on January third, he he has no leverage. He's going to have to get into camp, so he's going to have to sign the deal. Uh, we've talked uh, recently about him not having any negotiating power here, no leverage, uh, because he was not arbitration eligible. So Vince Dunn, I think he's going to come in around two point five million. He's got to get into camp and play, and he's just going to have to wait till next off season to get that bigger contract. Alex
0: BK, they're coming up next. Jr has been my guest, and uh, we're taking you up to the Blues Press Conference. Alex Steen uh, retiring from the NHL. I'll leave you with this final thought if you can. Uh, Final question, your favorite moment when you think back to Uh, the career of
1: covering, and you you were there from day one of Alexander Steen. Yeah, we just heard uh, one of them. I think that goal against Jonathan Quick, the shorthanded goal, was uh, terrific. He had a couple of them. You know, I think uh, Alexander Steen at the parade, getting glimpses Mm -hmm. of him along with the other players, you know, these guys put so much time into it, and I know that uh, the city was completely invested into that team, and so to be able to watch a guy like Alexander Steen in his number 20 jersey, walking up and down Market Street, Dan, celebrating with the fans, and, and, and the one thing, and you've been a part of so many of these type of banquets, anniversary banquets. You know, I really do look forward, and I've said this to people, uh, to that 20-year, that 25-year, 30-year, oh, yeah. whatever it is, when that Blues team comes back, and we're going to see an Alexander Steen with maybe a little gray in his hair at that point, but to come back and reminisce about that Stanley Cup.
0: Those guys are
1: going to be remembered
0: forever. Forever. They're not the second team that did it. They're not the fifth. They're not the tenth. They're the first When you're the first, that's the one that is really special. Yep, really special. Hey, this was awesome, man! Thanks for coming in. Read uh, Jr.'s work at the Athletic. He has a great story up on Alexander Steen and his retirement. Again. Doug Armstrong and the Blues will address the media. You can listen to that coming up in about five minutes or so. And I'm sure that we'll have more throughout the day with uh, BK and with Alex Ferrario. Tanner, great job. I'll be with Randy tomorrow, and we'll talk to you at 7 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mack, the podcast powered by I Promise.
1: Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier
0: than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things, visit Shipt.com holiday. That's S-H-I-P-T dot holiday.
1: Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.